What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Punts, Bunts, and Jams podcast. It is the middle of summer of 2020. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It's not. I'm just kidding, but it feels like it because I don't know about you, Cody, but we're sitting right here in the same exact spot we were with Major League Baseball as we were all summer long in 2020, just waiting on them to do something. I know there's other sports at least going on right now, but it just, you know, I love baseball to go along with college football. And it's just like, I don't have my college football now. I really need my baseball to at least be going. We had pitchers and catchers supposed to report coming up. And instead, tomorrow we're probably going to get a little announcement that spring training is going to get pushed back. And that's just just very infuriating. But I'll get your take on that and much, much more coming up. But with all that said, let's introduce my part-time Alabama fan, Cody Kurt. Welcome to the show, man. Part-time, yeah. That well, if you, if so, you don't if you don't pull for them all the time, you might as well bow out, right? Just bow out, yeah. Just bow out, yeah. <laughs> you can't make jokes on the the application anymore. <laughs> no, twenty twenty two. Let's just be honest with with the university, the flagship. It has been a struggle bus in in the uh, year twenty twenty two of our Lord. So. Uh, I mean, Auburn, let's just reset. I think the last time we talked was after the SEC championship game. Alabama beat Gonzaga. Uh, both teams were well on their way to winning national championships. Yeah, it was looking way better. It was looking point. way better. Now Alabama is 14-9, and 4-6 and six in conference, which if you'd have told me we, only, we had six losses – to end the year, I'd be like, oh, man, I can't believe we lost six games. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, oh, oh, how the times have changed just in the last two months. But no, I mean, 2022 been a little rough on the on the Kirk fam. But, you know, th- things may be on the up and up. I, I, we don't know. Uh, but, well, I hope they are. I really yeah. do hope so. But, yeah, back to your baseball point. Like, I can't believe, you know, I think last time we talked, they had like a 15-minute meeting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's going to really – well, already is really making them look bad is the fact that these guys that are making these talks, you know, between the PA and the, and the league, they don't play baseball. Why could they not have been negotiating back any time in the last two years? Yeah. Seriously, they could have been doing any of this during the season. The guy – they don't play baseball. The ones that are negotiating don't have anything to do with the day-to-day. Let's be honest. It's the top-tier folks. It's your you know, players' association leader. It's your uh, Rob Manfred who doesn't have anything to do except for hand out you know, punishments and things like that and really just be the face of baseball. They could have been doing this at any point, and they waited so long and they're not they're just spinning their wheels they're not doing anything but can i also tell you something really selfish of me please for for like i don't know a month maybe i was like you know if there's never baseball played again the braves have won the last world series of all time and i was like that's pretty sick (laughs) i was like in the astros felt pain and the braves won Really? <laughs> That's so funny. I fell off my dinosaur. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah I was like, that would be awesome. But, of course, <laughs> it's not going to happen. 
the good Lord wouldn't let that happen. They've got to let me down one more time before they put me in the ground. So eventually, we're going to get baseball. It's just well, you I'll be back. You think it's pushed back to like uh, Jackie Robinson Day or something? I was listening to John Boy. I'm a big fan of John Boy Media. I think that they're the you know they're up and coming. They're really getting some traction. They're kind of following the. Not to the same extent with some of the partying and stuff, but they're kind of the barstool sports, right? They're the low, um, brand new company that is coming up. They're in the infant stages, and they've got some really good podcasts. And one of them is the the co founders of John Boy Media is talking baseball. And I was listening to their podcast today, and they brought up a really good point, and uh, that and I'd never even thought about it. But if you think about the fact that Major League Baseball now has a ton of data, and that data is off of the 2020 season. They see things like how much money they were be, they were able to make in a 60 game schedule. They see, uh, you know, how extended playoffs looked and how it made them money. What? Why would they want to play 162 game? And if they set up and they say, you know, let's go ahead and start the season on time, and we'll run off the old PA agreement and the collective bargaining agreement, and then we'll get to this later on. Well, then you give all the, you know, you put all the power in the players' hands the further you go in the season, right? Because the worst thing that could happen for the owners is to play the first, let's say, 120 games, and then we get after the All-Star break and the players decide to go on a strike. Well, then you're messing with your playoffs, and that's your moneymaker. And so they definitely don't want to do that. You know, they definitely want to avoid that. So if they push back the start of the season, it doesn't really hurt them because, yeah, you're missing out on opening day. You may miss out on – but you can always have another opening day. Whenever it happens, you'll still have fans excited. So you really – I don't guess you really miss out on that, but you miss out on Jackie Robinson Day, and then you could potentially miss out on like a Memorial Day. But ultimately, as long as you've got 4th of July around that time when people are really focusing on baseball, you've got the all-star break, you've got the August heading into your final month of the season, you're fine. You're doing really well, and you're making money. So right now, the owners, in my opinion, just don't care. It just don't bother them right now. Well, see, here was my idea, and you might think this is stupid or not. You know, they, they play 162 games. Yep. I've always said, why not make it 150 and you give them two extra days off each month? Yeah, I've got no problem with that. I mean, 150 games, you're going to really, in my opinion, anything over probably 130, you've really got a good idea of your team, right? You've really, the cream has risen and you've really got a good, uh, playoff you know set up so 150 would absolutely do it and you would give you know there's been several players in the past that have really pushed for less games and the only thing holding that back is the owners at that time yes tv money it's not ticket sales that's fine and dandy no big deal you're not gonna get a ton of money there the red Sox or the Cubs, right the big ones that sell out you're going to get that money Cardinals, but you know the Braves make their money off of concessions and oh, TV is huge. Yeah, TV. TV is your driving force. You know, look at the Dodgers. I mean, 
they have a 52,000 seat stadium and ticket sales are probably their least thing yeah. to read about. Yeah. I mean, the Dodgers, let's talk about, you know, I know a lot about them. So, let's, so for instance, they've got their local channels that pick them up. They've yeah. also, where they're at, they're, they have a huge Hispanic following. So they have another set of channels that does that. They all, they have a, the Dodgers have a, a big presence in the country of the Dominican Republic, right? They've got their own academy down there. They keep, they have players, young players from the the Dominican go in and literally stay there, go to school there, and play baseball. Like, they have a huge presence in South America. So everything's based off TV. Those people may not come up and, and buy a $10 hot dog, but they will watch their team on TV. Right. And so that's where they get their money from. Well, especially in L.A., because let's just be honest, nobody wants to drive in that traffic to go see a baseball game. Very true. And what you see there is the fact that 162 games used to be the we've got to have it because that's our TV money and we'll set it up off that schedule. Well, then 2020 happened. And they think, you know, they've got this data, which they have not released, by the way. That's kind of went under the radar. That they never have released that to see how they actually did. And I feel like that was on purpose of this bargaining agreement. I think they intentionally held that back because of this. And they can sit there and figure out, okay, do we actually need 162? You know, we can, we can get the same amount of money for 140, 150 games and extend the playoffs to where we make even more money, that's what we're going to do. Well, yeah, you also got to look at it. You know, let's just be honest. If you're not playing 12 games, the salaries are going to be a little smaller. Oh, yeah, exactly. And if you look at the – this stat actually shocked me um, is the fact that you hear these giant contracts, right? The Padres have two guys who are $300 million players. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Bryce Harper and uh, Mookie Betts on the Dodgers, different ones making tons and tons of money. But the overall average of contracts is lowest it's been in a decade. Yeah, because they have to pay the, the big guys. You have so much money going to the big ones that you can't afford to spread it out. And that's really what the the players are wanting is to get that spread out. I agree with some of the things the players have got, like the the younger guys, you know, not being able to manipulate a guy's uh, time, his his uh, uh, I can't even think what you call it, but his time played, which mm-hmm. goes into his salary and how much he can negotiate for uh, getting that changed. The the minor league stuff was a, a must as far as you. There's no reason that you got guys in Double A baseball who have played for 10 years and just haven't been called up for whatever reason. Maybe it'd be their their level, but also it could be things like, okay, there's a superstar. You know, Mike Trout is in your same position and you're in the LA Angels organization. Right. You're not going up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and those guys sitting there making $20,000 in a year and, you know, sleeping 10 of them to a house, that needs to change. And it is that, you know, Major League Baseball is going to provide housing for minor league players those things had to change. They've already committed to that, those things. Well, I always thought that all the different levels of baseball were kind of asinine. I, oh, I, I agree. I don't think there should be like 
five, six different leagues, you know. Maybe, I mean, if you can't find players out of two, maybe three leagues, I mean, then just, you know, go somewhere else. I mean. Well, the the whole, the one that gets me is like the, the Mets are big. They've got three teams in the division that is below single A. That is like the, it's the one that Tim Tebow played in. You know, it's like a month and a half long. Yeah. And you still have people forget you still have college baseball to pick from. You still got college baseball. How do we and, have all these Capricot leagues, apricot leagues, kiwi yeah. leagues, and banana tropics and like just like it's too much if they could just focus on a couple leagues, you know, you could have people making eighty, ninety thousand dollars playing minor league ball. Exactly. Feel like you would get more elite play. The big thing that we're way apart on right now is the uh, the bonus. I call it the bonus pool, but it's the it's the players are asking for a hundred and five million dollars for you know kind of a, a incentive to players as far as if you're having a big year, you get a bigger bonus, and it's kind of league wide. And the owners right now have countered with ten million, and that's just—I mean—that's laughable. We're not even in the same ballpark, per se. Right. And this discouraging. And I mean, I'm very open with it. I run. I—it's unreal how much time that I have spent in the past and continue to spend on running models to project outcomes of baseball games. Okay, I'm you very do, open with that. You do spend a lot of time on that. Uh, a lot of time. I'm, there's literally countless hours. Uh, less time now than it used to because I have got models built that I can mess with. And, of course, now it's just like making small tweaks and things like that. So I love well, also, baseball. You also have uh, 13 kids now. So Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of kids. You can't even <laughs> – you can't do as many things as I say that, but he only has one more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I guess what I'm getting at with that is I'm itching because I want the season to get going. I wanted catcher, you know, pitchers and catchers to get going next week. And it's not going to happen. And it's, it's heartbreaking. And it college a first is the first pitch. So that, that could be the over under in Vegas. I would love if that's, I, I'm getting scared. Honestly, Cody, that it's going to be a June or middle of June start. I mean, that would just be like, why are we even playing at that point? Exactly. And I just – it's heartbreaking, man. It's it's really heartbreaking. But that, you know, baseball is the biggest sport ever about, you know, records and all that. Like, I mean, everything – it'll basically have to be like, you know, pre-shortened season and then post because – Hey, I mean, you can't just keep prorating all these stats. You're like, well, Mike Trout could have done that. Well, no, the season just changed. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That that would be the only detriment to me is, like, I want as many records to be able to be broken as possible. Yeah, which keeps the fans excited. You know, you – you break records that keeps the newer, the younger kids excited and what's going on. So you want that thing. You you want players to excel. You want a Shohei Otani to come up and, and have the year he did last year. And you keep giving yourself a black eye, and it just sucks. Two out of three years, it looks like we're going to have a shortened season. One of which they really – and we talked about this throughout – 
but one of which they could have been the only thing on TV and really gained a lot of popularity, people would have sat there and said, you know what, I actually enjoy this, or give them something to pay attention to. Instead, they you know, screwed the pooch on that. And then we move over to 2022, just simply two years later, and we're right back in the same situation. It's not a good look. People are getting frustrated. The ones who watch baseball religiously are going to watch it. But the ones who are, you know, yeah, I'll go watch a game on a Friday. They're not going to do that anymore. Mm -mm. They're just tired of it. And it's killing it. Honestly, we're just, we're tired of millionaires complaining about playing baseball. Millionaires and billionaires arguing over money is just the dumbest thing in the world. Yep. So let's move on to another topic. Let's, let's get out of baseball. Let's get into, oh, before, I'm sorry, before we do, uh, RIP to uh, Jeremy Giambi. It's sad to hear the news today that came out where he passed away at 47 years old. Yep. Of course, he's the brother of Jason Giambi, who a lot of people, more people know Jason Giambi than they do Jeremy, but it's still, the guy was, you know, not even 50. Uh, we were doing our, we, we never talk about what we're going to talk about. Let's right. we're be honest, but usually we just talk about life or whatever before we get going. And, Clay can tell you, I read that across the ticker, and I I literally, like, screamed. I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was just completely shocked. Uh, and that that's just – that's terrible. And thoughts out to the family and prayers, so. Absolutely. And I don't know what happened there. Did, I hadn't seen details. Probably don't need that, to, but yeah, that, he was at his parents' that, house. That doesn't matter right now. I just I made it for the yeah. – his friends and everything. I'm, Absolutely, your Jason's really tore up. Uh, there was, there was, a, those were big names. The Giambi yeah. brothers were big names when mm-hmm. you and I were coming yep. up, growing up. So it's just one of those, one of those things where we oh. knew who it was. Yep. So, I, all right, so let's move on. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Yeah, so much to talk about, man. I mean, so we, much. We haven't done a podcast in 2022, so let's just briefly talk about. The national championship game. Yeah. The the better team won. You they know. did. They did. And, and we're not gonna go all Colt got hurt. We would have won. No. Blah, blah, blah. Let let's just be honest. The the receivers they dropped a lot of passes. The offensive line got dominated in the second half. The the defensive line they just they were I guess they were gassed after that first half they had. Yeah. Um Will Reichard, uh, bless up, man, because without him, it would have been a, an ugly, ugly game. Yeah. And play calling, let's just go ahead and get that out of the way. I don't know how you don't give the ball to Brian Robinson in the red zone. It, it makes no sense. He he could have got, you know, he wouldn't have got 10 yards against that defense, but, you know, he wouldn't have got sacked. <laughs> he he could have moved the chains a little bit, you know. Yeah, and speaking of Brian Robinson, bro, have you seen the highlights of his practices down at the Senior Bowl? Oh, you uh, a linebacker cannot get to the quarterback. He is absolutely dominating everybody from across the country. I mean, he's just he's just you know making a highlight reel down there right now. His drive stop has to be rising. If I was him, though, I would definitely not run the forty. That. I was. I actually met Brian Robinson one day uh, at lunch, 
I just happened to be in a little place down here in Northport called May's Cafe. Mm-hmm. It's delicious, man. It's soul food. And I mean, it's just, it's so much good, really good food. And I'm standing there, two or three of my coworkers and, and in front of me, you know, you can spot a football player. I mean, there's just something by them, obviously, that are in the Alabama sweats and things They're like that. And it's like, big as the right. Alabama. I mean, you, you can just see smart. Well, I mean, I'm a big guy and he's as tall as I, you know, we're looking eye to eye and he's a running back and his arms are about the size of my legs. Okay. And, right. He's when I figured out who it was and introduced myself, he was one of the nicest people that I have ever met, honestly. Um, and he's from here, he's from Tuscaloosa, so it's hard to pull. He Rob is so intense, though, on the field. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, he's uh, he 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 ended up having a a heck of a year, and I I do think he was underutilized by Coach O'Brien, but. So that's neither here nor there. Congrats to Georgia. They they were the best team all year. And uh, I, I knew once Alabama won that SEC championship that I, th- I think we peaked because, yeah. you, you, know, you know, as well as I do, revenge is one of the biggest factors in, in sports. And uh, we, Oh, absolutely. We saw it in the LSU national championship game. We saw it in the 09 SEC championship game with Florida. You know, when, when you have that on your mind, that, you know, you, you do those extra reps all the time and uh, you're like, okay, well, this Alabama rep, we're going to do these, you know. Right. Or, or, you know, you lost 41 to 24, so you do 17 extra sprints each day, the, the Alabama sprints or whatever. I just knew after Alabama won that game, that Georgia was probably going to win the national championship. And congrats to them. I hate to say that, but – and just get to the Auburn thing. I don't (laughs) – I hope all those rumors aren't true. I don't think they are. I just think the the board of trustees at Auburn is just doing what they do. They just want all the power. They care more about power than they care about Auburn. And I've said that forever – but hey, it's it's worked out. I mean, most right. of their coaches have pretty good success. They're puppet masters, and I don't know if Harson's willing to play ball. So, yeah, I, I will say that it is. You know, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he did anything. But yeah, I don't know anything. It's just weird that he was on vacation, and that's when everything started leaking. That's true, and also. I know, it, it, you know, you can sit there. He came from his alma mater and everything, but it's mm-hmm. not a good look when you bring an ex-cheerleader from Boise, Idaho, all the way to Auburn, Alabama to be your assistant. That just – it may be completely innocent. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's, it's hoping, not a good look. Yeah, I'm hoping – like, and all the issues with – cussing at players and all that like yeah boo-hoo boo-hoo i mean they've dealt with that in his first year and guess what they all left and i think it worked out fine i'm not i'm not saying harson is going to be saving but i'm saying sometimes it tough love is the best love and you've got to be able to get coached or you're never going to do anything in this spot. i had so, an offensive line coach at auburn 
Speaking of Auburn, but he was at Auburn. Tell me at a football camp one time that this is not a um, contact sport. This is a collision sport, and if you're not prepared to get in the wreck, you need to get out of the road. And okay. he's absolutely right. You know, if you're not going to rate a man up, if if a few curse words break it's, you as a player, something's wrong. Right. I mean, it it's just a lot. It seems like a lot of witch hunt stuff going on, and it does. And I, wrong and you know stuff came out and i'm like well they had calls but to me harson is actually trying to be a football coach he's trying the only thing that he's not doing well and these are from pretty reliable sources he he's not doing all the things like kissing babies shaking hands and all the things that you you need to do when you're you're trying to get the program going especially yeah. as far as like boosters and raising money. <clears throat> but just from uh, just from a recruiting aspect, he, he's not doing what he should be at, at that level. I mean, to finish, I think, 10th in the SEC in recruiting, that's not going to get it done. Yeah, that's one thing about – my dad has always said, and he's, he's really – he's correct on this. A college – big-time college football coaches, head coaches – Mm-hmm. Should not actually have to coach anything. They that's why they have fifteen assistants. You know, you need to be the face of the program, the CEO, and right. not having. You know, if you go out there and coach a position, that's fine, but it shouldn't be relied on you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you've got people in that position to do that. If you step in every now and then, and you know, give your expertise on something, that's one thing. But yeah. you have to be the face of that program. It's much more than just X's and O's. It's getting backers. It's getting, you it's know. Getting, getting the Jimmys and the Joes to play those X's. And that's X's. right. It's going around shaking hands and doing your thing, no matter if it's from, you know, the alumni or if it's right. recruits or whatever. You have to be the face of that program. You've got to get them involved. And if he's not doing that, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily cause for being fired, but, you know, it seems like they're just wanting not to have to pay $18.3 million in two years. That's yeah. what it seems to me. And they, you know what they want. They want a good old boy that will just play ball with them. The Pat Dyes of the world, the Bowdens, uh, the Tubervilles, the Chiswicks, Gus Malzahn, to an extent, not really. He was kind of an outside-the-box hire mm-hmm. because he, he wasn't an Auburn guy, per se. Right. Not, you know, he, you know, they wanted a must-champ kind of guy where he really had no other options, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more, hey, he'll tell it, we'll tell him what to do because he has nowhere else to go. Right. So. And, you know, he has the SEC footprint. Somebody like that, you know, I think the Board of Trustees would have been fine. But moving on from college football, let's get into college basketball for a second. Yeah. You know, last time we we did this, completely different, and especially in our state. Alabama was king, and Auburn was just kind of trudging along, winning winning games. And – their non-conference schedule wasn't that crazy. 
so they really didn't have a lot of hype. And now they're they did lose last night to Arkansas, but they're twenty two and two. You yeah. know, leading the SEC SEC by a game and a half over Kentucky. Alabama is currently beating Ole Miss eighty three to seventy one while we do our podcast. Uh, so you know they're they could potentially move up to five and six in conference, but you know just around the country, uh, Baylor's still really good. Kansas is really good. Kentucky, Gonzaga, you know Houston. Those teams are really good. Purdue, I said Purdue all year would. Were my national champions, and I think I'm going to stick with it. They had a huge win against Illinois last night, so you know the the same old same old. Duke's playing really well. So as far as college basketball goes, you know it's just the other than Auburn, it's it's the same people that that's basically there every year. So uh, you know Jabari Smith for Auburn is. Easily the the best player in the country, but I don't I don't think he's the most important player in the country. I think that's Walker Kessler for Auburn. I mean, the man has you know a hundred blocks on the season and just changes the game. I mean, Arkansas literally could not drive in last night. You know, he just changes the game so much, and I, I feel like I'm about to throw up as as much nice things I'm saying about Auburn, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm trying to be unbiased. I'm trying to be a good, a good podcaster, a good commentator, a good analyst here. Uh, I still want people to listen, regardless of who you pull for. So, right. Um, what? Any any questions you have about basketball for me, Mister Dot? Well, I mean, give me a team. I know Auburn's having a great year. You just went over that. You know, Gonzaga's uh, mm-hmm. been staying at the top. You know, we took down yep. Baylor, who at the time was fourth. Right. Um, give me a team that's going to make a run. Right now, we're somewhere around what we're on twenty-three ish games in the season for yep. uh, across the board. About so twenty-four, twenty-five games. Yeah. Twenty-four, twenty-five. So another what three weeks until we get into conference championship, conference yep. tournaments and things. Yeah, give me once. a team that right now is you know it could be a long shot. It could be just somebody who you think not in the top five, but give me a team right. that can make a run. I like has the mechanics. This, they are ranked decently high, but Providence is absolutely one of the most fundamental teams in college basketball. They are just a solid team. Uh, they have a great backcourt, great front court. They're probably eight, nine deep. So they're a really good team right now. Okay. And another team that I really, really like is is somebody that we play on Saturday, and that's that's Arkansas. Not yeah. just because they beat Auburn. They were one of the hottest teams in the country going into last night. Right. I mean, I thought the must bus was was taking a crash about two months ago. And then uh all of a sudden they just started Williams just started getting hot and they couldn't be stopped. And you know, they're not even ranked right now. They will be ranked uh, after this week, regardless of the result in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, right? I think that winning at Auburn gets them into the top twenty-five. Absolutely. And, uh, so I think they can make a deep run. Uh, another team that can make a run is is Wake Forest. I don't I don't know why they're not getting as much 
love as they should. But I think Wake Forest can make a run. And, oh, my gosh, sorry, Shackleford just hit a deep three. Um, <laughs> sorry, this is what you do when you get a podcast with Cody during the Alabama game. Uh, <laughs> no, I think Wake Forest can make a deep run. And then a team that always can scare you come tournament time. And if if they do well the rest of the way and even into the conference tournament and get through that, I, I'm just telling you, Virginia. Yeah. Because if Virginia makes – you know, if, if Virginia scores 60, 65 points and their defense is, is what it's supposed to be, they, they can make a run and win three or four games in the tournament, right. a lead eight run or something. And um, – and once and, you get to that point, I mean, you got as good a chance as anybody. Yeah. So I think I think those few teams that I mentioned. Uh, what do you can, think about a Texas? I keep hearing Texas is having just tools of talent. Yeah, Texas is is one of those teams that they are flashy. They they kind of remind me of Alabama in a way that they play their best ball against the better teams. They play up to the competition. Yeah, they, they just beat Kansas. So, you know, that that's a that's a team that could go a long way in the in the tournament. I mean, I would be shocked if they didn't make the sweet sixteen. I, I think right. Texas can make the sweet sixteen. And an, another team that that has the talent, but I don't understand what I don't understand them. I never have understood this team, but LSU. Yeah. I don't get how they lose so many games. It doesn't break my heart to see, though. It doesn't break my heart because Will Wade is is a – he should be in jail. But but just the players that they have, you're like, oh, those guys will – they won't start in the NBA maybe, but they'll have 15-year careers on the bench. And if you can do that, then you're an incredible college player. So I watch them, and I'm like, "There's not many, there's not many teams more talented than this LSU team. What, what's going on?" So to me, it has to be coaching. Will Wade, I just don't really think he knows what he's doing. I, I think if okay, here's what I'll say. I think if Bruce Pearl was coaching that team, they they would be in first place. You know, they they'd be number one in the country. That that's how that's how much difference these this coaching staff is. I don't think Will Wade's coaching staff is very good. Uh, and you know, as much as I I get on Auburn, uh, his coaching staff is at least into every game, into every decision made. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see that from LSU. And uh, as far as you know. I, I can't even talk about a Final Four yet. But, well, yeah, right. I mean, we'll I, get into more of that closer yeah, time. You know, but... one, yeah, once the tournament's released, it, it doesn't matter if Auburn is in, you know, if they're a one seed, that doesn't really matter. It's all about the potential matchups you have. Yeah, it's you who know? you're playing up against. Absolutely. Because if Auburn goes up against somebody that can just, you know, rebound with them like a Houston or something, Mm-hmm. You know, not that they would probably be in the same bracket, but they could be. Right. You know, I might say, hey, Houston can rebound with <laughs> Kessler. They can they can defend Jabari better than 
stay in Alabama. You know, it's just all about matchups more than any other sport, uh, any other playoffs. College basketball is about matchups. And if you like, if Alabama went up against a a huge rebounding team and just were so physical and they were just mentally tough, like a Michigan State, I would almost bet my house that Alabama would get beat by 15 or 20 against like a Michigan State. But if they go up against somebody like a like a Kansas who is flashy and uh, has some good athletes, but, you know, they're, they're not as gritty as Michigan State, I'd be like, yeah, we could get in a track meet with them and do something. Yeah. And right now, this is when, you know, you start seeing some teams. Every year you look back and around that five or six game towards the end of uh, the regular season, you know, five or six games left in the regular season, and they may not win all five or six, but you start looking at teams who you look back and you're like, man, they really start getting on run. They may start playing some teams that are top of their league, and they're only, you know, they may lose, but they lose by two or three when they were, you know, a 10-point underdog. And then all of a sudden you, they win five out of six or four out of five. And then they get in their conference championship or the conference tournament and they make a deep run. You know, they weren't picked, you know, preseason or whatnot. I'm just throwing this out there to, to do anything. And before you know it, they're playing for conference championship. And then they get into their the tournament. They sneak in as a mm-hmm. – I say sneak in, but they're a 10 through 16. Yeah. Like a Syracuse. Exactly. And then they go on a deep run. And you look back, and this is where they start to get on that – really get on that, that momentum. And so we're really getting excited. This is getting time. You know, it's February, of course. March is just right around the corner. And this is when college basketball gets fun, for sure. Yep. February is, is where teams are – they separate themselves. And historically, Alabama has been a pretty horrible February team. Stands last year. But, you know, the, this next four or five games for Alabama is the key. And I'm yeah. – and obviously, we talk more about Alabama than anybody, but that's that's our school. We can't help it, right? So, uh, you know, moving from basketball, let's let's talk NFL. I think this has been one of the better and and crazier NFL playoffs of all time. It is, and you you know, I know they're LSU guys, but I'm definitely going to be pulling for the the Bengals this weekend. I just I just am. I don't I don't know what it is about the LA Rams. I'm just not a fan. Uh, I'm just – I'd rather see the Bengals win this thing. I don't know what if it's Sean McVay or, uh, you know, just the rest of the team. I, I don't know. But I, I'm kind of pulling for the Bengals. And the Bengals are kind of the, the team that shouldn't be there. You know, they're definitely the dog here. And they're coming in with a chip on their shoulder. And I'm excited to see what they can do, if they can hang with them or not. Right. And – I will say this about the playoffs. That weekend, not the championship games last weekend, but the weekend right. before, yeah. my God, what a weekend of football. Well, I mean, just – I would have taken two finishes like that in the whole playoffs. Yeah. Much yeah. Better, you know, we got four right in a row, bam, 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 bam. Yeah. And conference championship games. Yeah. They were good too. I they mean – They were good, yeah. And uh, honestly, like, you know what's going to happen, though. The Super Bowl is going to be a dud. Yeah, it's going to be a complete blowout. 
I just I just don't see how that offensive line yeah. for the for Cincinnati can hold up. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't think I am. They're gonna have to triple team Darnold. Or yeah, Donald, whatever yeah. his name is. And then Robinson too. You still got yeah. Robinson. You know, I mean, there's just so many guys on that Rams defense that can get to the quarterback. And, you know, Joey Burrow has been absolutely electric in these playoffs, you know. Oh, all the way back to he threw for 500 yards in week 17. Yep. I mean, he, they've been on a run, and we'll see what they can do. But I don't know. It's interesting. It'll be a, it'll be a fun game to watch. I hope that it's a – or at least I can say this. I hope that it's a fun game to watch. I hope it's competitive. But – Hope it's a fun game to watch, and the let's just be honest: the halftime show is going to be lit. <laughs> a throwback, ain't it? It's Bro, uh, yes, throwback. yeah. Back to our days, our uh, junior high and high school days, right? Yes, going to be some good stuff. So, what do you? I have a question for you. I know, or I don't know. Did you watch in the Pro Bowl, sir? Can we just not? That's is a joke. It, excuse of whatever it is here's what i said i think it should be like you got voted as like a first team all-american type thing you know there's no like in college you did the first team all-american i think in you know in the nfl that should just be like one of your hall of fame things like i got i got selected as as a first team pro bowler or something like that. And you know what I'm saying? Like there's not yeah. a game. You just got the award or whatever. Yeah. You, you could say you got NFL first team, NFL second team. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It would just be a uh, all American team. Yeah. And all, or an all NFL honor. You know what I mean? Here's what I think they should do. And I actually saw this. Uh, somebody said this and I, I started thinking about it. I was like, man, that would be really cool. So, Everybody knows how the draft works. With you got your worst teams right. are supposed to get the better picks, right? It goes inverted unless you've been trading things like that. Put the two worst teams in the in the game, let them fight it out. But instead of them getting, you know, seeing who's going to get the first pick, make it really interesting. Whoever wins the game gets three first round picks, not in a row. Number one, number eleven and number 21 pick in the first round. That puts 34 total picks in the first round instead of the 32. It's two Wait, extra picks. What did you say? Okay, so right now you've got 32 picks, right? 32 teams. That's the first round, 32 picks. Let the two worst teams in the league play in the game last Sunday. No Pro Bowl, just the two worst teams. The winner not only gets the first pick in the draft, but two extra picks, the number 11 and the number 21 pick in the draft. That would never happen, but that's one of the coolest ideas I've ever heard. I mean, think about it. The worst team in the league wins the game, and now they don't only get the first pick of the draft to try and help their organization. They get three first-round picks in that draft, number one, number 11, and number 21, where you're going to get a really you know your number one pick. You're going to get the best player in the draft. You're going to get a solid number 11 pick somebody who may have fell down the draft a little bit but you can you can take that and really build off that player and then you're going to get a guy at number 21 who is obviously first round caliber but maybe something like a receiver where you need to build up your line but it gives you another playmaker right 
That would be incredible, in my opinion. I would be so for that. I mean, it's just, just it's only two extra picks, but it's something that could really help out our organization. I mean, really help out our organization. But what what would be really funny is you is you know the Lions would screw up everything. <laughs> they they would draft a guard. Yeah. They would draft a, a defensive tackle. Yeah. A safety. <laughs> exactly. Somebody yeah. would get a, a receiver or a quarterback. They would get the most random positions. They would get an outside linebacker. Yeah. So you like that idea though. I mean I like, wish it would happen. If it would happen, that would be lit. That would be so cool. Put the two worst teams in, let them fight over, and the winner gets three first-round picks. That, that would just really be cool. That might have more views than, like, a, a playoff game. That would oh, be, it absolutely would, yeah. That would be one of the best things ever. And, I mean, that's the whole – the reason I say that is because that's the whole reason they set the draft up the way they do. If the worst team gets the higher pick, and they do that trying to build parity, right? They're trying to build it to where – uh, next year, hopefully, that player comes in. You got the worst team in the league. Okay, got, got the number one player, and generally, that's generally that's a quarterback. Okay, what does that quarterback do next year to help out that organization? Well, this idea gives them not only that quarterback, but a couple extra pieces to help out and see if they can really turn around, go from a, a three win team to an eight win team, mm-hmm. you know, in contention for at least a, a wild card spot, something like that. So I don't know. I thought it would be pretty cool. It would be cool, my friend. So, um, I watched a race this past weekend. I don't know if you got to see that. They had the Clash, which is yep. tr- traditionally that race for NASCAR is in Daytona. That's kind of your start of your, you know, your start of Speed Weeks is the Rolex 24. But as far as NASCAR goes, the, the exhibition race, which used to be the Bud Shootout, now is the Bush Clash, was your kickoff for the week. And... When they first announced it going to the L.A. Coliseum, I've, we went out there, we've seen it uh, as far as I've been to the Coliseum. And honestly, the surroundings not that great. But the Coliseum is pretty cool just because of the history of USC and the players and everything that's been there. Right. When they first said it was going there, I thought, man, that's going to look crazy. And then they pulled it off. And I thought it was awesome. Did you like the whole stopping at half? Yes, in that situation I do because um, so it's so different. It's so different, and it, you know, for the last few years they've tried to really bring NASCAR back to its roots of the old dirt track, short track racing, where you have your stages, which are traditionally your heat races, and they had heat races in this thing, and that has kind of been the direction that they're going. Um, I'm not saying it's the best thing in the world because, you know, NASCAR has, when you get to the cup series, it's not just about having the fastest car. It's, can you last 500 miles? You know, it's an endurance race. Right. And you're getting away from some of that. So I know that, you know, some of your diehard NASCAR fans might look at it and say, you know, I really don't like it because I like the guys who can, can run 200 miles an hour for 500 miles and win this daggum thing. And that's not what you're going to get with the short track racing. It's going to be beating and banging. You know, uh, Sonoma right now, or excuse me, Fontana, not Sonoma, but Fontana is a mile and a half track. They're pushing to go to a half mile track, which is a major change. 
And the whole reasoning behind that is because you bring the excitement of the short track racing, which you have to have those kind of breaks to make work. And that's just one of the things with a short track you have to have. If you don't, you're not going to have anybody running at the end of the race. You're just simply not going to have anybody. You've got to be able to fix your car because you're going to get into people. You're rubbing is racing and short tracking is, is number one for, you know, you're going to have wrecks. So you've got to change the format. You've got to change the way you approach the race. So yes, I guess to answer your question, yes and no, because I like it because it brings you back to the roots. But then again, I also like the endurance of, you know, you run 500 miles and if you had a, you had a blowout, you, you, it better be in the, at the start of the race and it gives you a chance to make it back in a short track. You had a blowout, you're three laps down, right? You're done. You're finished. You're not going to catch back up. So it's, it's a yes and no to that answer. But I thought it was interesting in the fact that they were able to pull off a track inside the LA Coliseum is nuts. And so my yeah, question, my, speed, like 85. Yeah. I mean, it's a slow, you're talking a quarter mile track. It's tiny. Four laps is a single mile. I mean, that's, that's so small. You, you know, even with 800 horsepower or whatever they got nowadays in the new car, it's tough to make any speed with that. But what you get is a lot of side-by-side racing, and that's what they want. That's what they're trying to get. They, they don't want somebody to get out there and lead for 500 laps. They want somebody to get out there and be battling for the lead all race long. And that's what we saw. It was really neat. Uh, but where would you go now knowing that they can do this, they can pull it off, they can build a track inside of a football stadium, where would you want to see them do it next? Hmm. Let's see. I think it'd be pretty cool at the big house. Oh, absolutely. The big house in Michigan, that would get some fans up there. You know, you have the Michigan track, but you still... The horseshoe would, yeah. cool. the horse would be cool. Happy uh, be awesome. Have a wide out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think what you what would be pretty neat this is going to sound crazy. You got the tricky triangle, right? The Pocono. What about a miniature version inside of a baseball stadium? Yeah, that'd be cool. Like regular. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about it, but, um, you know, your football stadium is, you know, your field's 100, 100 yards. You add another 20, 20 plus yards on each end uh, as far as past your, past your actual field to your stadium. On baseball field, you're looking at three, four hundred feet. So there's your hundred, hundred thirty yards right there. It's the same size, but you've got three, three turns. It would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool to see. I would definitely watch it. Yeah, it would definitely be one. You know, Yankee Stadium, middle of New York. You got a NASCAR race. Think about that. That'd be pretty cool. That would be wild. The problem is a lot of these baseball stadiums. You don't get like. For the Yankees, you don't, you know, the Yankees, the Red Sox, those, maybe even Wrigley. I don't really know about the surroundings of Wrigley. You don't have any big parking lots like they had at the Coliseum. At L.A. Coliseum, you had plenty of area that you could stage your, your pit. You know, you could stage your garage area. 
You don't have that in the middle of New York. It's just yeah. not there. there that, there's no way. So that kind of eliminates that. But maybe at some of these other stadiums, you could get that. You know, the Kansas City Royals, I've been to their stadium. Uh, there's giant parking lots all the way around. Go the right, the right there at the Texas and, and Rangers. Dallas, you could. Dallas, you absolutely could. You've got these giant parking lots around that you could set up and, and have your garage area and make it work. It would be really neat to see. I just saw an Arby's commercial, and, sir, we will not be going to Arby's tonight. No Arby's tonight. No uh, no, uh, no Crimson Tide uh, poops, <laughs> no, right? The Arby's tonight, pal. <laughs> I love it. So uh, what else you got, man? What else you got before Let's we – What else do I have? Um, uh, the, uh, Phoenix, uh, the waste management open is tomorrow. And that's the one where the fans go crazy on hole number 16 and <laughs> like 30,000 people rush to, you know, get seats and everything. And it's at the, it's at the, uh, the theater yeah, where they hit the. You know, at the tee shot, and they're hitting into the theater of people. Yeah. Like, if they don't get it close to the hole, like, everybody boos and all that. And if you don't get it on the green, they boo. And, like, they, the only time they go crazy is if you land it on the green, they're, like, 10 feet from the cup. Right. So, that that's going to be fun. Like, it's, it's big. It's always a big lead-in to the Super Bowl. That's always the – it always ends, like, 20 minutes before the Super Bowl starts. And, and that's one of the more fun – golf tournaments of the year and uh i won't won't bore you with with this but we'll get into it uh maybe on our next episode before we do our annual masters podcast with with the lloyd with the lloyds mm-hmm. and but there's <laughs> there might be a change of coming in golf sir oh boy i don't know if you saw but saudi arabia is throwing some money at these golfers really yeah, and they're all they're trying to get like Bryson DeChambeau, like two hundred and fifty million dollars to be the face of their their friend their league. Oh wow! So he would have to be leaving the PGA Tour to go over there. Correct. Uh, sign. You know, I'd be on the next plane out for two hundred fifty million. I'm just gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I, I I would, but it's just. I mean, you know how these guys are. They wanna, they wanna do it the way that the the old guard did. You know, they wanna try to yeah. win majors yeah. and you know play in the Masters and play in all these other tournaments. You know that that's what they wanna do. That's what they. Right. But, but I'm telling you, I'd play in the desert for the rest of my life for two hundred fifty million dollars. There's <laughs> a lot of money in that old. There's a lot of money. A lot of money over there. And, and they don't really have a lot to spend it on, to be honest. They're scaring people. I mean, they're scaring the PGA Tour right now. I bet. I bet it's huge. I bet there's a lot of behind-the-scenes contract talks with, you know, mm-hmm. hey, guys, we put a product out there. You get to show it on your TV. You get to pull ads. We're going to need more money because this is what we're going up against. Yeah, Absolutely. So, if that's – if you don't mind, I've got some – they are rapid-fire. They are sports related tonight. Oh wow! And they are quiz questions. Oh yeah. Okay. All right, I like this. I found this uh, this little article here. 
and I knew I had to ask you about it. I've actually been sitting on this article for literally weeks waiting because the folks out there, we made a, we made a podcast on December the 9th, I believe. <laughs> and ever since then, Cody kind of spoke about it a little bit earlier. We've had things going on. You know, I've got. I'm not saying like little things. I mean, it's right. huge life things that we just cannot avoid. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with a little thing called sleep training for babies, but uh, we did that this past weekend. We got probably under 10 hours of sleep total the entire weekend. Oh, don't, don't blame the babies. You know, you're trying to train tabs to sleep. I wish she, <laughs> she has kicked me and things and it really hurt me. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been there. And so with twins, it's something else. I can tell you it's, it's something, but well, twins and a two-year-old, right? And a two-year-old. Absolutely. So <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's so fun. Three baby babies. That's right. So with all that, it's been tough to get together. And I've been sitting on this article for a while, hoping to get to one of these podcasts. I'm glad we got to it tonight, but I'm ready to get you these quiz questions. I want to see if you get these right. Oh Lord! Now let's just be upfront. Did did you get any of these right? I'm gonna feel feel really bad if you did. I absolutely. I I believe I got one of them. I got I, one out of four that I'm gonna ask you about. I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So here we go. The first one. You familiar with a man named uh, Mark Twain? Correct. Well, believe it or not, Mark Twain was a pretty big sports fan. As far as he was big into Mark Twain was a manly man, right? He liked contact sports, he liked football, he liked baseball, he liked sports sports. But one thing he really didn't like, and he called this sport a good walk spoiled. What sport was he referring to? Golf. One hundred percent. He he was not a fan of golf. He thought it was a waste of time. So sorry, golf fans. I know the Lloyds will not be happy to hear that. I get it. Or me. Or you. I'm literally right here. I know, but it is kind of funny. Mark Twain took a little shot there and it's lived throughout years. I mean all right. I'm not gonna lie, it is one of the most frustrating things of all time. So So when we were little, there mm-hmm. was a gentleman who played the game of basketball. And was pretty good at it. Um, I'd say six championships in the 90s. Pretty good. Right? Yep. He tried to play some baseball. And as that happened, he played at our local team, the Birmingham Bears. And my Little League team got to go see him play. And that was Michael Jordan. So that was one of the highlights of my Little League career was just getting to go watch Michael Jordan play. That was really cool. Um, but when Michael was playing in the NBA, he wore three different numbers, 23, 45, and can you name the third? I'm wanting to say, you know, you're not talking about the Olympics, right? No, I'm talking about only an NBA sanctioned games. I'm wanting to say 12. Nailed it. Nailed it. For the uh, game on February 14th in 1990, he wore number 12 because his number 23 was stolen prior to the game. 
Was it against the Heat or the Magic? It don't tell that. I didn't see who that was against. But, man, I hear you, bro. Two for two. All right. So, uh, next up, also when we were kids, there's a little thing. You know, there's a little home run uh, battle going on, right? Oh, yeah. Sammy Sosa and McGuire in 98. Yeah. Which Chicago Cubs player had to take off time due to a sneeze? Which was it? Uh, was it Zach Wood? Nope, you actually said it. Sammy Sosa had to miss a day. Mm. He sneezed so violently that he suffered back spasms for I the next 48 hours. Sosa. <laughs> So he missed a game, and they were actually off the next day. He actually he had to sit out. That's it. I said it. So I'm I'm two and a half for three. I'm just kidding. Hey, I'll, I'm right there with you, man. I'm just That's, it's it's awesome. All right, so let's see. Uh, here you go. Here's another golf question. Okay. And if you know this one, then I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come over there, drive over there, and hug you, brother, because this is just amazing. All right, how many dimples are on the average golf ball? I'm going to say 143. 336. I was close. Just kidding. I mean, you were, you know, within, yep, you barely missed it. All right, and then finally, the last one. Are you ready for this? Yes. This is kind of a little, uh, you know, brain teaser. Which sport do competitors race towards the finish line but never cross it? Race towards the finish line but never cross it. Don't don't tell me. They never cross it. And I'll tell you, I'll give you a little hint. They okay. don't cross it, but they touch it. Swimming? Swimming. Nailed it. My man. Almost all of them. Almost. The, the, the dimple question got me, but I, I should have got Sammy Sosa. Well, I mean, you said Sammy Sosa. I, I thought I had give you what the answer, but and I said, what did I say? I say Zach Wood. I meant Carrie Wood. <laughs> Zach, Zach Wood is somebody I met at Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Carrie Wood. I don't know. If, I, I don't. I think Zach lives in Huntsville now. So shout nice. out. Zach. <laughs> nice. Well, man, that's everything I got. It's been a lot of fun tonight, Brandon. It's just been – it's way overdue. I hope everybody enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed making it. I'm sure I'll send out something tomorrow saying we back. Sounds good to me. I'm going to have it posted as quick as possible. You guys bear with us. Life is life, and uh, hopefully you enjoyed this. That should be on a a shirt. Print the shirts. Ain't about life is life. Um. As as much as we like being life in life, we we do one thing. We don't do one thing here, pal. Name it. We gotta mess with horses.